0: So, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For he hath made him, he, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. The phrase for us refers to substitutionary work. Jesus was our substitute. Jesus took our place. Jesus got in a body, walked as a man, lived as a man, lived a sinless life, and was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus living a sinless life, but yet on the cross, he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us in our place or in our stead as our substitute. So he was made to be sin for us that we then might be made the righteousness of God In Christ Jesus. As literally as Jesus was made sin, we are literally made righteous. Jesus became sin for us. One translation says God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins, and then in exchange, he poured God's goodness or God's righteousness into us. God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins. So he who knew no sin was made the aggregate sin of all of humanity. All of humanity's sin was laid on the person of Jesus. And so he became sin for us. So now in exchange, and we could say that is a divine exchange. Thank God we exchange our sin for his righteousness. So that we could be made the righteousness of God in him that we could become God's very own righteousness. Now, if it's the righteousness of God, then it's not a lesser righteousness than what God has. It is the same quality of righteousness that God has on the inside of him, that God has. God has offered us righteousness as a free gift. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 17... It says, much more, the latter part of the verse, much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. So righteousness is a free gift. They which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So Jesus was made sin, and he suffered the penalty for our sin, which was death. So the wages of sin was death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ. So Jesus bore the penalty for our sin, and we can receive the gift of eternal life. The same as eternal life is a gift or a free gift, so righteousness is a free gift. Righteousness cannot be earned by our own self-effort. Righteousness cannot be attained by our good works. Our righteousness, the scripture says, is like filthy rags. In other words, when we try to attain to righteousness or think that we are doing something enough to become righteous, then we're on the wrong track. But if we're looking to Jesus and him alone and his blood alone, we know from Romans chapter 3 That we are made righteous by faith in the blood of Jesus. So it's his blood plus nothing minus nothing equals righteousness. It is not what you did, but it's faith in the blood alone that makes you the righteousness of God. So thank God tonight we have the gift of righteousness And it's through the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness that we can reign as kings in life. We can reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. So everything that we have received from God is a result of the redemptive work of Christ. Everything that we have in Christ is a result of the fact that we are now in him that we are in union with him. We have been connected to him or joined to him, joined to Christ, joined to Jesus. And by this uh, union that has been forged in our spirit between our spirit, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. This union that has been forged between your spirit and God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, has joined you together with Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the what branches he that abides in me the same brings forth much fruit for without me you can do nothing So we could not do anything to attain to righteousness. We could not do enough good works to become righteous. So Jesus got in a body, went to the cross, died for our sin, paid the penalty for our sin, and then offered us the gift of righteousness, and we become righteous by faith in the blood alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if we are the righteousness of God, and it is not a lesser righteousness, but it is the same righteousness that God has, if it is indeed the righteousness of God, it is God's very own righteousness. So uh, actually, if you read Pastor Mark's uh, book, uh, you'll find out that he talks about not just uh, 75% or 85% or 95%, but 100% righteous. If you were less than 100% righteous, then you would be less than the righteousness of God. I said, if you are less than 100% righteous, then you would be less than the righteousness of God. One writer says it this way about the word righteousness righteousness is a right state of which God is the standard. Righteousness is a right state of which God is the standard. So God is the standard of righteousness. God doesn't have a lesser standard for you and for me. He has the same standard for us that he has for himself. He is the standard of righteousness. He didn't lower his standard so that we could meet it. He let Jesus come or sent Jesus, and Jesus met the standard for us. Jesus, by his death and his burial and his shed blood and his resurrection and his ascension and his uh, placing the blood of Jesus on the mercy seat of heaven, has made righteousness available to you and to me as a free gift. And it's the only way you and I could become righteous. We could never do it by ourselves. If we could have done it by ourselves or we could have done it on our own, God would not have sent Jesus to do it for us. But Jesus did it for us because we couldn't do it on our own. And what we couldn't do, Jesus did do. And he did it for you and he did it once and he did it for all and he did it for everyone. Anybody can receive the gift of righteousness and receive by faith the righteousness of God and become the righteousness of God or have a right relationship of which God is the standard. (laughs) Hallelujah. So he didn't lower his standard He let Jesus meet the standard for us, and he raised us up to his own standard. Praise God. Now, we know from uh, Romans chapter 3 and uh, verse 23, all have sinned, and what? Come short, come short, or some translations say miss the mark, come short or miss the mark, or one says fail to meet up to God's glorious ideal. God's ideal is righteousness. God's ideal or God's standard or God's uh, mark was righteousness, and nobody could meet it, so Jesus met it for us. We were trying, but we couldn't. We endeavored, and religion has been trying it, and, and Christianity in many cases has been trying it, and people have tried it. I've tried it. You've tried it. We've all done a little bit of trying it, right? Sometimes a whole lot of trying it, and found out that we failed to measure up. And so the devil tries to get us to, try to, to work at it and try to measure up when God says we already meet the standard. And God has already made us the righteousness of God. And righteousness will produce fruit in our lives. But we don't become righteous by our good works. We become righteous by faith in the blood alone. Somebody say, the blood of Jesus is my righteousness. Faith in the blood is my righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. So again, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Then uh, W.E. Vine says this about the word righteousness. He said, the man who trusts in Christ becomes the righteousness of God in him. He becomes in Christ All that God requires a man to be and all that he could never be in himself. The man who trusts in Christ becomes the righteousness of God, where? In him. So you can't get it outside of him, but when you get in him, that's what you get. You get eternal life or salvation as a free gift, but you also get righteousness as a free gift. And so you receive the righteousness of God as a free gift. The man who trusts or the woman or person who trusts in Christ becomes the righteousness of God in him, becomes in Christ all that God requires a person to be and all that they could never be in themselves. So true humility is simply acknowledging that I couldn't do it myself. I couldn't do it, but God did it for me. Jesus did it for me. What Jesus got for you, you don't have to get. He already got it. He already did it. And it's yours. It belongs to you, and it belongs to you because you're in Christ. Amen? All right, then another uh, writer, Schofield, said, Righteousness of God is all that God demands and approves. The righteousness of God is all that God demands and approves and is ultimately found in Christ himself who fully met in our stead every requirement of the law. The righteousness of God is all that God demands and approves. In other words, he demands no more because there is no higher standard and he approves no less. So there's one standard and everybody gets to... Receive the gift of righteousness, which brings you up to God's standard, which you could never meet up to yourself, but you simply humbly receive, believe, and accept what God has given to you by his free grace alone. Amen? Amen. They which receive the abundance, much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Then another translation of this verse, good news says, God made him share our sin in order that in union with him, we might share the righteousness of God. God made him share our sin in order that in union with him, we might share the righteousness of God. Another translation way says, by our union with him, the very righteousness of God. So we share in God's righteousness. He shared our sin. He became our sin so that in union with him, we might become the righteousness of God. Or we might share the righteousness of God. So when you get born again, let's go over the Second Corinthians, if you will, please. Second Corinthians. And we're going we're to go to chapter... Uh, or just go back to verse 16, actually, in the same chapter. Verse 16 says, Wherefore, wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. We know no man after the flesh. From this point... Or from this point forward, we know no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet from now on, we know him no more. In other words, we don't know Jesus after the flesh tonight, do we? You don't know Jesus after the flesh. You don't see him after the flesh. You don't walk with him in the flesh. So you don't know him after the flesh. But he said, we don't know anyone after the flesh. Now, uh, that is really God's command to us. And we'd do well to obey it. Paul said, I know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Uh, but uh, the admonition to us is not to see others after the flesh. Well, if you know no man after the flesh, that would include yourself. That would include you. And so then you're not to see yourself after the flesh. One of the traps or tricks of the devil is to see, for you to see yourself after the flesh, which puts limitations on your life, which brings condemnation to your life, right? Because you don't measure up. You're not enough. You didn't do enough. You should have done. You wish you had done, but you didn't do. And there's always a coming up short or failing to measure up to God's standard. So then, as a believer, God wants us to not see ourselves after the flesh, but rather see ourselves in the Spirit and see ourselves after Christ. In Ephesians 4, it says, Put on the new man which, what? After God is created in the image and likeness of God. You're created after him in his own image and in his own likeness in righteousness and true holiness. So, rather than working to attain to righteousness, we are to see ourselves as righteous. And then put on this new man. Well, in this particular verse, he said, we don't know any man after the flesh. Let's go to verse 17. Therefore, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. If anyone is in Christ, any person is in Christ... He is a new creature. Old things are what? Passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, what part of you is in Christ? Your spirit. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So, as a new creation in Christ, your spirit has been born again. Your spirit has become new, a new creation Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. So everything in your spirit, everything in your inner man has passed away. In other words, you could go to uh, Romans chapter 8. It says in verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has what? Made us free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ. Another in Christ verse, therefore, if any man be in Christ, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. So when life came in, death went out. When the life of God came into your spirit, death left, darkness left, the light shine and darkness left, life came and death left. So your spirit has been made alive together with Christ, according to Ephesians 2. You've been made alive or you've been given life together with Christ. So you have the same kind of life on the inside of you that God has on the inside of him. Praise God. Same kind of life. It's the Zoe life of God. John 3, verse 36 says, He that believes on the Son hath. Everlasting life doesn't say that you're going to get it when you go to heaven. No, it says you have life now. Pastor Trent has been talking some about life in the morning during prayer time. And so uh, you have eternal life right now. It's the same quality of life that God has on the inside of him. It's a substance. It's the life that flows out of the throne of God and of the Lamb of God and literally flows in a river in heaven. There's a river of this life that flows in heaven. And in John chapter 4, and Trina quoted it this morning, he said that it will be like a well of water springing up into everlasting life, talking to the woman at the well. It'll be like a well of water springing up into everlasting life. In John chapter 7, he said, out of your belly or out of your innermost being shall what? Flow rivers of living water. So this life has come into your spirit by virtue of the new birth. The new birth means you're born again. Your spirit has been regenerated. Your spirit has been born from above. You have the same kind of Life on the inside of you that God has on the inside of Him. God has changed your nature. He's changed you on the inside. You've been born of God. You have been born of God's seed. You have God's seed remaining on the inside of you. You have God's very own life and nature. You've been made a partaker of the nature of God. The nature of God is that He is righteous. And if God is righteous and He put His nature on the inside of you, then He made you the righteousness of God in Christ. So you have a righteous nature. It is a right state or condition of which God is the standard. God is the standard. He met the standard in the person of Jesus, and he put his own standard of righteousness on the inside of you, and you have become now the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, old things, the old nature, the old self, the old person, the old unregenerate self died with Christ that old man died, that old person was buried that old person that you used to be was crucified with Christ and nailed to that tree and when he was crucified, God considered you to have been crucified when he died, God considered you to have died when he was buried, God considered you to have been buried when he was raised, God considered you you to have been raised. When he was justified, God considered you to have been justified. When he ascended, God considered you to have been, uh, ascend with him. And when he was seated, God considers you to have been seated together with Christ. You've been raised with Christ, seated together with Christ. And now you're in that position that through the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, the righteousness that you can reign in life by one, Jesus Christ, his righteousness has become your righteousness. His life has become your life. His ability, his authority, his strength, his joy, his peace, his, the same life that is in him is on the inside of you. The same authority, the same power, the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead, raised you up from the dead. That same power ruling in heaven, hallelujah, is ruling in the earth and it's ruling in and through you and I, through the body of Jesus, we are the body of Christ. He is the head of the church and he is the head of the church forever. He is the only potentate You were here last night. Praise God. He is the only potentate. He is the one who is the authority. He is the the supreme authority. He Heaven is, is declaring your victory, your righteousness, your joy, your peace, your life, everything in Christ. Hallelujah. All things are yours. It all belongs to you. It belongs to you because Jesus did it for you. He did it for you, and he did it for everyone and anybody. Anybody can. Everybody won't, but somebody will. And we might not have done everything right, but we're going to do something tonight. Hallelujah. I said, we're making a change. We're making a making a difference. We're moving up. We're moving on. We're moving forward. We're going where God wants us to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're looking back, you're looking the wrong way. But if you're looking forward, you're looking into Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He that began a good work in you will perform. He'll complete it. He'll finish it. What he started, he'll finish. He will complete it because God started it. He's going to finish it. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. If God be for you, I said, if God be for you, who can be against you? All things are passed away and all things have become new and all things are of God. Next verse, verse 18. And all things are of God. Everything, everything in your spirit. Woo! I said everything in your spirit. Everything in your heart. Everything on the inside. Everything that God had put in you. He has made you a new person in Christ Jesus. The old unrighteous man died with Jesus. The old unrighteous man was buried with Christ. The old unrighteous person is gone. Hallelujah. And God raised a new man. God raised a new person. God raised a new creation in Christ. God put in Christ what he wanted in every man. And God put in you what he wanted in you. Hallelujah. Which thing is true in him is true in you. He has made you new. Glory to God forever. Can somebody shout amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians and verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27 Praise God. Somebody shout glory. Glory. Verse 27 But God has chosen the foolish things. Look at your neighbor. (laughs) God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God had chosen the weak things of the world. To confound the things which are mighty. God has chosen. God has chosen. God has chosen. God has chosen. Scripture says, God chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Think about God choosing us. God choosing us. Sinners, humanity that had rebelled against God. But God chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we might be holy and unblameable and unreprovable before him. Thank God forever, but chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen Yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, that no flesh, everybody said no, no flesh, that would be my flesh, your flesh, or no one else's flesh, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So we cannot glory in and of ourselves in what we have done but we can only glory in what he has done. Verse 30 says, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. I'm obviously just looking at the word redemption but of him are you in Christ, who of God is made unto us redemption. All right, think about the phrase here. But of God are you in Christ. So God put you in Christ. God put you in Christ. But of him, of God, are you in Christ. Christ. God put your sin into Christ. God laid on him the sin of the world. And he suffered for our sin that you might be made the righteousness of God. But now it says God has put you in Christ. Are you in Christ? Who of God is made unto us righteousness. So God made him righteousness unto us. Just for a moment, if you'll just turn over with me. And let's go to uh, Romans chapter 4. We'll come back to that. Praise the Lord. Is it just warm in here to me, or is it just warm in here? So... know. Somebody forgot to turn the air on or something. Yes, somebody's cold at the same time. All right. It's just me. Okay. Just checking. All right. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 in the verse 25, it says, who was delivered for our offenses and who was raised again for our justification. Who was delivered for our offenses And was raised again for our justification. Now, another translation says he was delivered because of our offenses. Or because of our sins. He was delivered up because of our sins. He was raised up because of our justification. He was delivered up because of our sin. He didn't go to the cross for his own sin. He who knew no sin was made to be sin. He was delivered up because of our sin. He was raised up, so he suffered for our sin. And he was raised up because we were justified. First Timothy 3.16 says that he was justified in spirit. Justified in spirit. So justified in spirit, meaning that the sin, not his sin, but our sin was dealt with. The penalty for our sin was paid. And if the penalty for our sin was paid, then God could legally declare us justified. And he did so in the person of Jesus through the redemptive work of Christ. The sufferings of Christ meant that the penalty has been paid. Jesus died in our place. And the wage or the penalty for our sin was death. And when he died, then God declared we were justified. So the court of heaven has already declared you're justified. Justified or just as if I'd never sinned. God considers you. He looks at you you as if you had not sinned. Because he has cast your sins into the depths of the sea. God has declared you are justified. Now, if you go to verse 1 of chapter 5, it says, therefore, being what? Justified by faith. So it's actually just the next verse. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How are we justified? We simply received it by faith. By faith specifically in Jesus, by faith specifically in the grace of God, by faith specifically in the blood of Jesus, by faith in the blood, his blood alone, faith in the blood, his blood, faith in the blood plus nothing, minus nothing equals righteousness. So it's not what you can do or what you can add to it and certainly not what you can take from it. So it's simply believing what he did, that what he did was sufficient for your sin. What he did was sufficient for your justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God, or we have a right relationship with God. We have peace with God, meaning that we have right relationship with God, which you could look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 again, and it says that we've been reconciled unto God, which means that we've been restored to a place of favor in friendship. God was in Christ, personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. Not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but what? Canceling them. So God canceled your sin debt in the person of Jesus. So your sin debt was canceled. Your sin debt was dealt with. And God paid the penalty in the person of Jesus. His blood was sufficient. His blood was more than sufficient. Much more. Much more. The blood of Christ. Not with the blood of calves and goats but with his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained how through the blood of Jesus having obtained eternal redemption for us so we have an eternal redemption which one translation says permanent deliverance permanent freedom permanent deliverance praise God for the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus has washed your sin away the blood of Jesus has caused your sin to be cast into the depths of the sea. The blood of Jesus is is an antidote for your sin. The blood of Jesus was a guarantee, hallelujah, that your sin has been remitted. Hallelujah, your penalty has been canceled. Hallelujah, your guilt has been done away with. Your sin has been erased and your shame has been dissolved and your freedom has been uh, manifest in your life. As a result of the blood of Jesus, you are washed in the blood. It still works the same today that it worked a 100 years ago, a 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, two weeks ago. It works the same today. The blood of Jesus can wash a person's sin away. The blood of Jesus can make you whole today. The blood of Jesus can set you free. The blood of Jesus can meet your every need. The blood of Jesus can dissolve your enemy and the access of God has been made by the blood. You can access the throne of God. You have a right to the name of Jesus. You have a right to the name of Jesus because you've been made the righteousness of God. You have authority in that name. You have authority through that blood. You have authority to speak and to say, to declare. He said, you've been justified. Declare thou Make a declaration. Make a declaration. God doesn't remember your sins. He has washed your sins away. So it is gone. It is forever gone. It is is dissolved. It is erased. It is removed. Hallelujah. Your sin is gone. Hallelujah. You've been made righteous in the blood of Jesus. You've been made righteous through faith in the blood of Christ. You are the righteousness of God. So back to Romans 4.25. You were, he was raised because we were justified. Your sin was was dealt with, and so he was raised because justification had been affected. God could not legally give Jesus life until the penalty had been fully paid, and Jesus was made alive, which is a guarantee that righteousness has been affected for you and for me. The righteousness of God has been accomplished in the person of Jesus Christ. Righteousness has been made available to whoever will believe on the lord jesus christ anybody can everybody won't but somebody will hallelujah and you did hallelujah how many in the room say i did did. thank you jesus It doesn't matter if you were in church as a child or if you were uh, just out in the world totally all of your life. Praise God forever. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter what your past has been. Doesn't matter your sin. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the only answer for man's sin. Always has been, always will be. There is no other answer. You can't just cover it up and feel better about yourself. You can't deny it and feel better about yourself. You can just say, Jesus, your blood is the only answer for my sin. I believe the blood still has the power. And it still reaches to the highest mountain. It still flows to the lowest valley. Jesus went to the lowest place to take you to the highest place. Jesus went into the heart of the earth and he suffered the penalty for man's sin. But on the third day, thank God, he was raised again. There is victory in the blood of Jesus. There's victory in the name of Jesus. There's authority in the name of Jesus. You've been raised up. You've been raised together with Christ. You've been made alive together with Christ you have the same life on the inside of you and you have the same righteousness on the inside of you today that God has given to you and it came right out of God and there's only one way to get it there's only one way to receive it and that's simply believe it and receive it by faith in the blood but of him are you in Christ who of God is made unto us Jesus was made righteous. He was justified. He was raised because we were justified. He was made righteous. He was made unto us righteousness. He was made righteous unto us. He was made righteous so that we could get connected to him. And when we are connected to him, but of him are you in Christ, who of God is made unto us righteousness. So when you get in him, the righteousness that is in him gets in you. So when you get in him, the righteousness that's in him gets in you. So the same righteousness that is in Christ has come into you. The same righteousness, the same right standard. The man who trusts in Christ becomes the righteousness of God in him. He becomes in Christ all that God requires a man to be and all that he can never be in himself. He becomes in Christ all that God requires a man to be and all that he can never be in himself. You've been accepted. In the beloved. You've been accepted in Christ. You've been made right with the Father himself. The blood of Jesus, Hebrews ten nineteen, has given you access into the presence of God. You have the ability, according to E.W. Kenyon, to stand in the presence of God without a sense of sin, guilt, condemnation, or inferiority. The blood of Jesus the blood alone, the blood of Jesus, the blood alone, thank you Jesus, I said the blood of Jesus, the blood alone, the blood of Jesus, the blood alone, the blood of Jesus, can we sing that song, the blood applied, I know that's a, a kind of a, I didn't plan that, but can you do it, just come on, get it, thank you Jesus, Thank you, Jesus, the blood alone, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood. It's the blood of Christ. Without the, blood, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. How many are glad for the blood tonight?